Are you a hybrid athlete who wants to learn more about how to combine your strength and endurance training? Well, I've written a new book, The Science of Hybrid Training. In this book, I provide insight into the misconceptions surrounding strength and endurance training by distilling the past 50 years of research and drawing on the conversations I had with great scientists, coaches, and athletes on the Progress Theory podcast. This book is essential reading for hybrid athletes and coaches who are looking to understand the key training variables and their effect on the simultaneous development of strength and endurance performance. Get your copy now, available to buy from Amazon. Now, let's get into the show. Anyways, Daryl, episode 2.3. Lockdown has officially started, well, the second lockdown. And I mean, I know we all want to be quite positive and hope that this lockdown is only lasting for four weeks, just as the government are initially saying. But, uh, you know, just like with the other lockdown, we shall see. But with any lockdown, that's going to be a number of changes. And obviously we have a particular challenge, you know, the concurrent training challenge, get stronger and get a four hour marathon at the same time. And that's clearly the lockdown is going to affect our affect our training for it now seeing this this progress theory podcast is all about talking about the rationales and why we're making decisions when it comes to generating and creating these programs for these challenges now we've had to make big changes it's probably a good idea that we go over like what is affecting our decision making when we're making these changes to our program um i i think i'm quite lucky because I chose strength exercises where I felt I had access to the equipment because I was using my home gym. Um, the overhead press is a bit difficult for me um, because I have to do things outside because I can't do overhead pressing inside. I'm too tall, but uh, I can still train out, uh, in a, you know, I can still do overhead pressing in some form. Um, but for your 120 snatch, it's uh, yeah. a little bit different. Do you want to explain um how uh, yeah. lockdown's going to affect your training. Yeah, okay. So, um, I luckily for you, you've got a garage. I do not have a garage or really any place to lift. I do have a barbell and some plates, so um, I can actually do some lifting, which mm. is going to have to be outside. But as we know, it's getting cold now. We've had a terrible week of weather, so mm. we never know what's going to come for the next month. Um <laughs> So, the plan for lifting-wise with that bar, yeah, um, it's probably I'm going to aim to pencil in twice a week on that. Um, weather dependent, really, and I'm not, I'm not going to dictate reps and sets and stuff like that because I'm in a total different environment. Um, so I'm just going to kind of go off a of feel on day one when I first start it. Um, because it's going to be outside on concrete. Um, ground's probably not going to be level. Yeah, yeah, of course. So before before the lockdown, just to sort of recap on the last podcast, uh, you were doing weight training sessions three times a week. Three times, yeah. Um, and you were snatching twice. twice, weren't you? Yeah, twice. So I would snatch on Monday and then again on Thursday. Uh, Thursday, I'm still... The aim is still to lift, um, but I'm actually going to shuffle it about and lift on a Tuesday. Reason being, it's usually um, my freer day, mm. Tuesday. I'm still going to be coaching room, like online and stuff and gives me the bulk of my time to do it on Monday mm. and Wednesday. Um, so I'm going to, I'm penciling it, I'm switching my run and lift round on Tuesday and Monday now. Yeah. Um, so that... And I, I'm my, I don't really have a choice now. I'm going to have to really dial in on the snatch on both of those. It's so because I'm only going to potentially get two lifting sessions in. Mm. Being outside, I'm going to have to. I'm going to aim to have them snatching. They're they're going to be split up by one rest day. So it's I'm lift rest 
and then lift. Mm. Um, again, one will be more power-based, power snatching, um, with some overhead squats put in there. I don't, I don't have a rack, so it's going to be all from the floor. Uh, yeah. um, uh, so because of that, that may affect the intensity that you lift out of the loads you lift. Are you going to change sets and reps uh, compared to how you were structuring your sets and reps? Um, the environment you're now going to be in? I may not. I don't think I'm going to change your sets or reps, but I may add in some tempo because the loads are going to be a lot lighter. So I'm going to make, I'm going to make it a little bit more challenging by that. So I'm much more comfortable down in the bottom of that catch position of the snatch. Um, Cause I've, I've actually had a really good run up to training up until, until now I, I've been overhead squatting a lot more than what I'm going to be aiming to snatch. Mm. Uh, well, not, I wouldn't say a lot more, but very comfortably more than, I was aiming to snatch so that was okay mm. um, whereas now I'm going to have to use what I've got to try and simulate that load or that intensity but with a lighter load and the, mm. my, the aim for me for that is I'm going to just I'm just going to be putting pause in, pauses in basically at the bottom of the, the overhead squat stuff um, and I'm also looking at adding in some snatch balances with a lighter load but being used it would get, get me used to catching that that load um, at the bottom, which which is now all I need to work on. I know I can pull one twenty from the floor. Yeah, I know I can overhead squat it, but now I've got to combine it in a catch, and that's that that part that's that's going to be the hardest. So adding in some snatch balances on those the power snatch day, which is the Tuesday, mm. will. Um, me looking at it and thinking about the best I can get from the session. That's, that's going to, um, that's so, going to be. So, cause you can't, uh, really increase the loads as much. You're kind of increasing the intensity in different ways. One yeah. you know, adding the tempos, adding the, uh, pauses at the bottom, but at the same time, it's allowing you to focus on a particular portion of the skill, which you feel you need, work with anyway so it it sounds really logical almost to the point where this may not be a negative thing this lockdown and it's made changes to the to the program because you know you're strong enough you know you can pull that weight it's now yeah okay i can't practice the whole skill but i can at least practice the area that i'm potentially weakest at yeah yeah, de de definitely positive from it. I'm not. This is not. This is far from negative. Mm. Um, it's more. I guess being. Well, I know for myself when it comes to Olympic lifting, especially the snatch. When it feels heavy, sometimes it can get into your head. Uh, yeah, like that. For you, you would have had it yourself when you go to go to lift a snatch and you, you pick it up off the floor and it's heavy. Um, you can either just <laughs> like let go once it's at the waist, or mm. or you already you've already like in that split second you've already told yourself I'm not going to make this, or yeah. damn that's heavy and that's yeah, that's probably nope. yeah no nope. it gets to your knees you're like no nope. yeah that that's and that's probably um, the, the the only thing that I can't work on I can still lift I've still got enough plates to pull that weight from the floor. Mm. Um, but I'm, I don't want to be practicing to try and snatch that during this lockdown, but I can do some pulling movements with that load. Um, but to have it over my head and squat it and be comfortable with that heavier load is going to be, well, it's, it's, it's currently something I'm not going to be able to do for the next month. Mm. So yeah, trying to work on that skill of being comfy with a, a load similar or not too far from overhead is what I'm going to be aiming to work on during this period. Again, I don't know how it's going to feel, change of environment, um, being outside in the cold. These are all little, this, they may look small, but on the grand, on a, on a scale of what we're trying to achieve is quite, um, it, yeah. could, it could have an effect. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think the weather's going to be quite a big thing. 
because when we went into lockdown last time it was getting hotter and hotter it was like daytime uh, and people were despite being irritated by the fact they have to stay in when they did get out like the weather was lovely for it and there was real periods during that lockdown where the weather was amazing and that sort of lifted spirits you know it's easier to get outside and train um but when you're going into november when it's you know it's that point when it's starting to get really cold you're exercising with cold metal which you can feel the metal i mean you know what it's like you can feel it in your bones you know you yeah. onto a cold bar and it just travels up you and you're like oh so all of a sudden um you know warm-up takes longer um and then <clears throat> It gets to a point where, you know, even though we're all at home, we're still busy because we, you know, still got commitments with family and all sorts of things. So then you're trying to fit in as much as you can into a smaller space just because the warm up and how everything you do to get prepared seems to take longer. So I, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be huge. I that's, think. Yeah, sorry. That one on the preparing is, is, is going to be massive because mm. my plates they're they're actually stored at my grandparents in their back garden under some tower pooling yeah um so it sounds so silly but having to get them get specifically under some tower pooling in a certain way that no water could ever get into it right so it doesn't damage yeah, any of my locked tight in there yeah so then undoing all that moving it out onto the driveway um and then doing my lifting or warming up, then doing my lifting, then placing it all the way back or all back in that particular way to keep it protected. It, it, it's, it can get really annoying. It, like it's not as simple as going into a gym, taking a bar of a rack, pulling some plates off of a, off of the pegs or whatever they're on and loading it to a barbell. It's just so much more effort and that's required. And, and like, I mean, we're talking about, I'm talking about that because it's something that's quite, it's quite big what we're trying to do. So I have to do that if I want to, if I want to attempt to achieve it, I have to, it's just something I'm going to have to suck up and get used to this, this next month. And, and I'm fine with that because I know it's what I want to do, but. Mm. Um, I think it will act as a bit of a separator almost because it's going to be pretty horrible to do. It takes up quite a large mental space that of, of your training space. Um, so the ones that really want it are the ones that will put that effort in to yeah. take time to warm up, to get all the equipment out in um, and train in the cold, try and time it to the point where there's no rain. I, I, I don't think that the fact that people won't have access to a gym, I don't think that's going to be the biggest factor in affecting people's training. Because I think you can train really well with minimal equipment, even if it's just for a, a short period of time. I generally think it's the weather and how everyone organizes themselves, either mentally or logistically with their week, is going yeah. to be the determining factor if people have a successful training period during lockdown. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's definitely going to be the weather. So on that, just coming from that, the weather, like if yeah. I can't actually lift, cause I don't want to be snatching in the pouring rain. Like that's not so dangerous. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to add, I'm adding in an extra day. Well, not an extra day, but the sub in the third day for just a kind of power based session mm. to get the bare minimum out. Well, to not to get the bare minimum to get the best I can from having the bare minimum kit. So, not so. The only bit of kit I would have maybe a weighted vest, nice and simple, and a cowbell, and doing some movements that are, are solely very fast and explosive. We're talking about like vertical jumps, um, maybe even some short sprints in there, like thirty meter dashes and stuff like that. Um, kettlebell swings could even put some kettlebell snatches in. Could actually grab some dumbbells. Um, out of the place I've been coaching out of so could get some 30 kilo dumbbells which which is a nice and that they won't that won't require me to get so much kit out and if it is raining it, I can still get away with doing that stuff 
Mm. Um, so the whole session will be based on that. The volume will be quite low, but the session will still be quite long just to ensure that I can maximise force produced mm. every, every set, every rep. Um, yeah. I haven't got into the ins and outs of it yet as I've been sorting out all of my other clients, but yeah. but that, like, just... That like the skeleton of my program is that's going to be um, what what I'm aiming for. Yeah. Running obviously doesn't change. That we can still do that as, um, but my interval session is now actually another long run. So they but they're both long runs now. Mm. Um, so that's, slowly, that's a sustained pace, yeah. So getting in the volume in very similar to the paces that you'll be experiencing on the day. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Mm. So, so my overall then, I'll, I'll recap on that. My training is not. I'm not. I'm not going to not lift during this period. I'll still. Be, I'm still going to be able to lift. Um, it's just the environment's going to change, and mm. potentially if it's raining, I may miss a week of lifting. But hopefully, I will maintain what I miss or what I've got from just that one power session. Or maybe I could double up on the power session if the weather is bad. Um, it's going to be a lot of um, thinking on my feet, knowing like have the skeleton there, but maybe have to adjust on the fly every week. Um, mm. So yeah. I'm not. On- Sounds like you've got a really good system in place where you've already got, although you probably haven't written it down just yet, you've got a system of, oh, if I miss this session, I can do this, this, and this. Or if I miss this or this part of the session, I can replace it with this, this, and this, all depending on weather, time, whatever it might be. So you are, I mean, you'd like to think if you missed snatching for one week, it wouldn't have some like horrendous detraining uh, effect on you. No. Uh, like you're minimizing that as much as possible because you're already replacing it with exercises and sessions which allow you to express force um well technically mass uh, maximally just yeah. with lighter loads but with you're still load. producing force uh, as quickly as possible so yeah you'd like to think like you know you get such a good training stimulus neuromuscularly from all of this anyway it's still going to really progress you very well yeah um yeah I, I, well if i <laughs> Looking at looking at like I've just jotted this down on paper for now. I haven't put it in on any system yet. But looking at it, my goal initially in going into it is not to is not to aim for progression on like like I don't want to be lifting any more than what I've lifted coming up to this point, this first day of lockdown. I'm not going to try and be snatching 110, 115 kilos during lockdown that's not that's not my goal but my goal is to minimize the loss of progress of what i have made so far mm. um so if i can come out this maintaining what i went in with uh i i feel i could still be in a pretty good position because um, i haven't i've i'm nowhere near the max i've been doing in training but it's felt really comfortable so mm. yeah certainly do you think if you attempted a 120 snatch now, you could get it. It would be cl- uh, I'm going to say no, but I'd be very close. <laughs> um, I feel I'd be very close if where where I am at the moment. Yeah. More more um more confidence. It's a heavy way to throw above your head. You can you need a bit of confidence for that. And I think because I've been doing a lot of lifting, it's, it's added to that confidence. Yeah, I might have been, I might be strong enough already, but those last yeah bits that you're putting together, which you need a bit of extra time for. Yeah, I've got the strength, but putting that strength with the skill. That's it. That's it. So yeah, so I, I've, I've broken down the lift and been able to ma- manage that load. Okay. Mm. When, they, when you combine it all, it's a different story. Um, no, that's a, yeah, so that's my goal. I'd like to come out of this at the beginning of December. If I have been able to improve, fantastic. If I've 
managed to maintain. And that's goal achieved for me. Mm. And it gives yeah, me two and a bit. It'll give us two and a bit weeks to hopefully get it. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be an interesting two and a bit weeks. So again, it, again, that training will have to change. Yeah, we've had to be very flexible with our challenge at the moment. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, th- I think it's a really good idea that we're doing this podcast because obviously we had season one where we did the we did Freddie and I that we did the five um, k, ten k challenge and trying to organise the training of that during eight weeks where we had to came in and out of lockdown was really quite difficult. Yeah. Like it was probably the most difficult part. Then all of a sudden we get to this challenge and we're both going through a similar thing. So it's like, okay, you know, we always talk about this podcast is all about describing how we make decisions when it comes to training and how we're utilizing sort of scientific understanding, research and personal experiences to making those decisions. We've got some experience now of a lockdown. So it's like, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to use that experience to make better decisions this time around? Um, So yeah, Yeah, totally. um, You always worry that you're not making the right decisions because every lockdown seems to be a little bit different. Or each week in lockdown seems to be a little bit different, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. We've only had two lockdowns, so it's not like it happens every year. No, but but it's it's always changing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just always changing and crazy. But... Uh, Life. But, um, like, talking about the decisions behind our training, I think is, um, it could help a lot of people Mm. because... There would have been so many mistakes before like on the last lockdown, and, and I can imagine it's going to happen. Or some people are going to do the same this time. What do you think were the common mistakes people made last time? Um, I mean, I know we're only going. Ha, we're I want on Instagram or conversations with friends, stuff like that. But what do you I want to. I want to say. Um. I think I think the main mistake comes from behaviour. I think of people feeling that oh, the gyms are going to close, so I'm going to lose all my progress. I've got to do a ton of reps or or a ton of running. I've not run, (laughs) Um, so it's more like that. I I don't want to like undermine anyone, but I'd say more like lack of education on that side. Potentially, maybe if they're being coached by some people before or um, or maybe even experience in training is like you don't need to do too much to maintain what you've got already. Mm. Um, so the biggest, yeah, the biggest mistake is like ramping up the volume of ridiculous amount of burpees or running or just the just the standard bodyweight exercise you can do on top of all of the stress going into lockdown. Mm. So they're probably, they're probably doing more exercise. Some people were doing more exercise that they were doing, that they were doing in lockdown than they were doing out of lockdown. Mm. Um, and I guess if they're in lockdown then say they weren't working because they were furloughed, you probably have a bit more time. So you have a bit more sleep and you've got a a lot of less, I mean, you'd like to think you've got a lot less other things to sort of deal with. So you've got a bit more time to maybe put in a bit of extra time with, with training. But if that ramp up in training is, is like exponential, that can certainly uh, increase the chance of injury. Definitely a few weeks down the line, like the biggest predictors of injury is usually uh, something to do with the programming where they've had a sudden spike in a lot of variables all of a sudden. And yeah, that, yeah, that causes some form of injury, whether it's like acute or chronic or whatever it might be. But it's either that and then previous injury. <laughs> so those are the two things that seem to be the main causes. So if you get a situation where it's like, oh, I've got a lot of time to train, yeah, you're probably going to be a little bit more rested. But at the same time, you also don't want to be rushing back to doing as much as possible because you know your first week you're probably able to tolerate that kind of load and volume. But come week four, it's a different yeah. story. Yeah, that's um. So during like going into lockdown, 
I, I feel people were up like that. They had, felt they had more time, so they they well they almost fill in their time with exercise. Some people, I can imagine. Mm. Um, and but then when you come out of lockdown to getting back to the gym and lifting loads and it's, it's bearing in mind that we haven't how long was lockdown three months was it yeah I don't yeah, know. about, about three it was hard to say because we or July say July July end of July gyms opened didn't it we went in in April mm-hmm. yeah probably about three months, oh, three months three, lockdown, yeah. yeah um where gyms were closed and you couldn't go and then returning and thinking that you are at the same level as you went in but without doing the same <clears> movements <throat> receiving the same stimulus you wouldn't you may you may do a hundred air squats and running and stuff like that but it doesn't mean that you're going to go back in and still have the same one rm that you had when you <laughs> left um yeah. Oh, I mean, it depends on what people did, I guess. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's um, finally got access to a bit of weight. Let's uh, see where I'm at straight away. One RM testing. Um, I guess in that case, it's like, is that necessary? Um, you could probably do like a, a three sets of five where you say, okay, let's go to an RPE of around seven. Oh, I lifted this weight. It was challenging, but relatively comfortable. Um, you use that as like a, a restart to your progress yeah, definitely. rather than like, okay, let's try and max out and then try and utilize that as a way of calculating loads going forward. Because ultimately both strategies involve, you know, slow progression of increased load or volume, however you, you're, you're creating your program. Uh, but one's probably a bit more safer. Um <laughs> I mean, the more I've trained, programmed years in SNC, the less I do when it comes to one RM testing. Oh, completely, yeah. Uh, what is you you in person yourself, or just for for clients you want about? I'd say clients. Me, I'm still like you know, this is, <laughs> it's something satisfying going for it, you know. And we yeah. even did that. We I did that at the beginning of this um, this challenge. You know, I I, I did like one around testing to uh, see where I'm at, but that was deliberately so I could have like a base level to see if I've improved at the end of this. Um, yeah, if I yeah. Was just going through a, a ten week block of training, I probably wouldn't have done that, and probably found a good starting point, which was um, based on how the loads felt, based on the sets and reps I choose. And then that provides the base to go on from there. Um, yeah. Just, yeah just, just because, you know, 1RM, you increase the risk of injury. And yes, it's supposed to give you a, a rough estimate of where you are at that time. But so can a, a normal training session. If you know what I mean? It's not as objective, but it can still give you a good idea of where that athlete's at. And then both involve progressing from there so a bit of a contentious yeah, so, oh it's, it's huge so potentially what we're saying is when people return back in a month's time hopefully we say oh, I personally would say like you working off some kind of RPE would be best um, and look at like six or seven um, on the scale and then and and maybe even keep to that for a week or two. It hasn't been as long this time. Hopefully, it won't be as long as this time. So maybe you you can get away with one or two weeks like that. But after the four, three, nearly four months we had before, it might have been longer. But mm-hmm. um, to be excited because you've got back to some weight, don't overshoot because you could potentially be wrecking yourself for the remainder of the re- week or a little bit further down the line when it all catches up to you. Yeah. And that's, that's the key thing, isn't it? You, you hit the nail on the head there. I think when it catches up with you, there's a lot when, 
people are trying to progress in the program. They progress too quick because it's like, oh, I can push harder in this session. It's like, yeah, you probably could, but over time, it's probably not necessary. So whenever like an injury occurs, it's normally like six, eight weeks later on. Yeah. And it's because they've just pushed too quickly. It's like, yeah, you could probably push quickly, but it has a ceiling to it. And especially... I think programming general, but definitely when it comes to sort of like the philosophy of this particular podcast, it's all about progress theory. It's about small wins incrementally. Uh, and I think, you know, by doing that, you, you, you avoid those hitting those ceilings uh, and then you just progress incrementally over a long period of time, which ultimately will, you know, it's, it's a slower progression, but it will lead you to the end goal without getting injured. Yeah, completely. I was only having this conversation, a similar conversation with one of my clients the other week about like testing and, and really going for it and in some sessions. Like it's quite nice to leave a session feeling, yeah, I had more there. Yeah. Because then when it comes to the day where you do need to test it, you you can it's almost like a con because when it comes to the really big lifts and heavy stuff it there is a bit you do require a little bit of confidence you've got to overcome that it's going to be feel heavy you've got to and you can look back and be like well I had that session and i was at a rpe8 and definitely could have pushed a certain amount of kilos or whatever it's quite nice to not to always be kind of chasing it yeah so leaving a session yeah i could have done more yeah, because that, that and and slowly that more becomes more and greater and until the day that you you do test like we've we've been doing so like I've said I I could have snatched heavier during these weeks that we've had recently in the gyms mm. but I haven't gone there because one it's far too early and two I quite it's quite nice to leave the gym knowing that I'm capable of more mm. um, yeah. Well, if you, if you if you came out of every session leaving it leaving it all on the floor as they say, like, yeah, you have a limited shelf life of being able to do that. So you have to be really selectful of when you do that. Yeah, potentially a true max may only happen once, right? Who knows? Um, yeah, certainly. So, as like an overview, if you had three tips you had to give someone that's entering lockdown but they want to try and maintain their training as much as as much as possible what kind of tips would you suggest i guess that kind of summarizes like what you've done yeah okay uh, well my number one would be look at what you're doing currently and it's quite difficult to give it singly because everyone's going to be training for different things, but try, I'm trying to make this as the, the scale as big as I can on this, but look at what you're doing currently and try and simulate actions and movements as best as possible. Mm. Um, don't change what you're doing just because you haven't got the access to the gym. Yeah, your goal might change slightly, but in, entirely to ha to change it completely and go into a totally different stimulus where you might even push a little bit harder because the low, you're going, majority of it's going to be body weight could end up having that injury later on down the line or even imminently, right? Mm. So, for example, like what I've done with one of mine, I've added that power-based session to produce force maximally and fast to try and simulate what I would be doing with a snatch um, or get as close as I can without needing a barbell. Mm. Um, that'd be my number one. In fact, I'll say that number two, number one would definitely seek advice off, off of a professional coach. Um, even if it's a, a you don't have to work with them but just to ask for some advice potentially um, and number three would be stress management 
uh, I know how stressful it gets when you're training for something and it gets and almost gets taken away from you. Mm. Um, this time it hasn't, but last time I was training for Athens at the time and yeah, I was yeah. probably it's probably the fittest and strongest I've ever been and I was really holding out for it not to be cancelled or postponed and it did. And I was so ready for it and it was super stressful and I kind of lost all motivation. I didn't really know what I was training for at that point. But then, so keeping a close eye on what, looking at the long, the long end of it instead of the short. Yeah, we're going into a lockdown. It's only a month currently. Yeah. Um, you can almost do very you can do very little and maintain what you've already worked on. So don't get don't get too stressed and worked up about it. On top of every other stress you've got, you may be furloughed, you may you may have a business you may you may be losing um or fighting not to lose. Um, so just get in what you can and don't try basically don't overwork yourself. In, in a nutshell don't overwork yourself with what you've got in the fact that you, in in the thought that you're going to lose all the progress that you've made currently yeah. um, because you can get away with doing very little to maintain what you've already got yeah. well we shall see after four weeks because I'm going to be doing very little lifting and <laughs> you can see where we get to but yeah, yeah. yeah I'm pretty sh- like it it's, it's, there's a lot of research behind that that you can you can get what you can maintain what you've got for a, a long period of time doing very little. So. Mm. Yeah, the detraining drop off is not as exaggerated as people think. If people are still providing some kind of neuromuscular stimulus, yeah. <clears throat> right, you'll be getting loads of that depth jumps, counter movement jumps. Yeah. Sprinting, like, yeah, the your muscle yeah. system will be very well. I, I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm expecting those sessions to be the most tiring. Like, I finish, or not tiring as in, oh, I can't do no more, but just the amount of recruitment that's going to be happening during that those sessions mm. later on in the day, I'm going to feel like exhausted. Yeah, yeah, uh, certainly. I'm anticipating that. So, um, yeah, so I'll just recap on them. Probably seek a coach and speak to someone. Number number two, simulate what you're currently doing as best as possible. Um, whether that be and trying to maintain some intensity with that. If, for example, if you're back squatting 200 kilos already, fine. It's get that it is going to be tough to try and simulate or get that sort of stimulus. But um, I would hope if you're doing that you would have some access to some gym equipment. Um, most people would. Yeah, yeah. Isometrics, great. Oh, yeah, great. Um, and you could load them up. It's simple to, yeah, to hold some weight whilst you're doing an isometric and <laughs> you hold that for a minute. Yeah. On, on any kind of isometric, you're going to know about it. Hmm. And it's very, uh, you could, you feel, Quite, there's no not much damage that goes on during those. Yeah, you, you minimise the eccentric component of that lift, yeah. don't you? So, yeah, there's no change in muscle length, so it's just you're there. That's something I've actually started to add in, like a lot of isometrics into my sessions of helping. Mm. Yeah, I I think I put yeah I did I put a post on my story how I kind of said. That I thought isometrics are underutilized. I think they're really important, and I, I don't think they're underutilized in certain certain uh, populations. So I think they are appropriately prescribed by sports rehabilitators, for example. Uh, but from like the general population, I don't think they're used as much as they could be, and they are really effective. Of you know. You can, you can manipulate the situation to develop high force. You can manipulate this situation to uh, improve muscle output at 
sort of end ranges of joint motions. Uh, ultimately, like you can mimic certain positions which are important to the sports skill you're training for. Like they are really, really important exercises. So, no, I agree. I, I, I think they are. I think they're underutilized. But with with social media, you get certain things that sort of gain a little bit of popularity. And I think isometrics are one of the key things that are starting to gain a bit of popularity. And maybe mm. that's because of the situation we're in, like because they're more accessible. But people are starting to realize the importance of utilizing them. Um, so people are. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. And like you, like you say, you can mimic almost, I would say almost every movement or parts of movements that you would mm. do um, in the gym anyway, which would, and it def, you can definitely up intensity on those, um, whether that's time, the amount you do, the amount of sets you do, or, yeah, yeah. or even, even adding loads. So it's quite a simple, simple way to add some progression into that. Uh, but yeah, number three, probably just going back to that number three is the, the stress management and remember that it's only a month and look at the longer, um, the longer view on it. Not, yeah, yeah. I've got four months, so I better not lose any gains. Let's go and <laughs> smash myself. Gains. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's most, yeah, most people will be saying that, won't they? I'm going to lose all my gains. I, th- I think you, the last bit there you kind of nailed um, regarding think more long term um, and that's definitely one point I think I would encourage everyone to do is I say alright you've hit lockdown now write down your short term goals so your goals that you're going to achieve over the lockdown period and then your long term goals um, because they are ultimately have changed because of the situation we've been put in uh, and that long-term goal might be the same as your original long-term goal, but the short-term goal was now changed. So like, how can you change and make appropriate short-term goals that are still going to then influence that long-term goal? Um, I think that's really quite key. It's really quite profound thinking of it in that way. Um, It's not like, oh, I need to try and reduce, you know, if your goal is I'm trying to minimize the, uh, any decrease in strength, so, okay, if that's the short-term goal, it's like, well, how are you going to achieve that? Right, bang, 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 bang. These are all the things I'm going to do to try and minimise that. And then you've got a clear pathway of what you're going to do over the next four weeks. Yeah. It's like, for me, I, I know I'm not going to lift much. So, my, like we said at the start, my short-term goal is to get better having load in the bottom position. So, hopefully, when I'm catching a heavier load, I'm going to be comfortable there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm improving that skill of this challenge. Um, what's, what's your short-term goal, Phil? My short-term goal? For um, lock, lockdown goal, let's say that. Although you can train as normal, but have you? has anything changed for you? Uh, I think as a short-term goal, because I have access to equipment such as a heavy barbell, the only thing that could affect me is pressing overhead. Uh, I don't think I have to make as many changes. Um, But one thing I think I have, I probably struggle with, and I've struggled with because I don't have access to a gym. I don't have a gym membership. You know, if I go to a gym, it's usually because I've I've paid a one-off fee to go train with you. (laughs) Um, And I do think it affects my ability to reorganize my week and make sure I'm training at the the right times. Um, so sometimes things just have to get moved around, but I think I can be better at organizing my week. So it's like short-term goals, hit this, yeah. this, 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 this. Like that might be just get better at like training at a certain time or if I need to change training because of, like I had to the other day because I thought, well, I'll train at 3 p.m. because I have a gap between Zoom meetings and then all of a sudden at 3 p.m. it just started pissing it down outside. I was like, well, okay, great. I, I should have been better at checking the weather, making a better plan of what I'm going to do. Um, I think that's where I need to, that's my short-term goal is that, yes, I can carry on with what I'm doing, but I need to get better at um, 
managing my time. The universities are still open, aren't they? Yeah. I'm I'm still I'm at the I'm at my desk, which I'm at now, my office. I am there before six every morning, uh, and I'm pretty much working through until until the evening. So trying to fit in where I'm going to train in the light. I was going to train later the other day, then realized it got dark at five. Well, that ruined that. So I was like, you know, I need to get better at these things. There's things always changing, but I know the things that I know will change, like the amount of light that's available, that the there could be rain. So I just need to get better at making sure that I'm trying to organize myself. Uh, yeah. It seems a bit silly, but... Uh, no, no, it's just... So it comes down to... Like we, we mentioned before, we started the podcast today, like it's it's other little stressors mm. that aren't involved with training but can contribute to your success in training, right? Or unsuccess. Yeah. It's often those things that get forgotten because people are so focused yeah. on the program itself. They're, like, they're forgetting how to yeah, yeah. reorganize so, themselves around it to make it successful. So we'll get there. No, yeah. Uh, we'll get there. Running's going well, though. Yeah. That's the thing that's progressed yeah. nicely for both of us. Running is feeling feeling good. I put a post up, where was it, yesterday? Yeah, yeah. I saw, yeah. Where, um, you know, I, I'd say hitting that race pace for a four-hour marathon, the RPE is starting to get lower. I feel comfortable just maintaining that uh, that pace and that in turn – leads to my uh heart rate average heart rate is is down it's not it's main it's it's been quite level it's not sort of like having like a slow drift increase so that's that's good right we'll get yeah there. We'll what's get the there. furthest you've run so far mate uh, 18k 18 feel good yeah so i think i divided 18k again i'd feel considerably better um and I'm going to do a half hour marathon, not this weekend, next. Uh, and I'm going to play around with the the two uh, two paces that I've selected. And I'm going to see if, um, you know, if I'm going to go for the uh, sort of like a two hour half marathon. That might seem really slow to a lot of people. But I've technically that's still a, a benchmark that I've never actually achieved. Um yeah. I've done half marathons before, but they've been obstacle course races. So they've been up and down hills and um, and they've been, you know, stop start because of the obstacles. I've never done anything continuously. Um, so, um, you know, that would be a good thing to hit. Um, nice. What's the plan on the, on the actual marathon for you? Are you going to aim to start half faster than second half faster or are you just going to try and be two hour half marathon and two hour half marathon or? You know what? I haven't decided yet. And I think we should do a whole podcast on that. Like the, should we do it? Like two weeks before we have a podcast where we try and talk about strategy for everything that we're doing. Yeah. I think we should do that. Um, Because I haven't fully decided my strategy. Originally I was very much, okay, I'm going to, you know, just hit that 542 pace and just try and hold on. Um, and I, th- I think that will be fine. It just once I start getting into that thirty k, thirty five k, that's that will be my that will be my challenge. Give you a li- you want a little bit of a uh, grace, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I need a bit of leeway. So I think I think we need to have a proper sit down and decide our strategy, and then release our strategy before um for tackling it on the nineteenth. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. I, I, it's also, it's also always quite um, nice to have these little moments in between. Gets you thinking, like, like how I'm going to train going into lockdown, mm. and it's all, I'm all, It's also gaining experience, right, mm. in training and and coaching. I need to. If this happens again, and I'm coaching someone. I need to know or have some evidence, almost evidence that yeah, you can do this, and it it could work. Yeah, I'm only one individual, but it's just yeah, yeah. Experience you know. is that perfect learning tool, isn't it? Oh, completely. 
I've done that with the knee. Yeah. Destroyed my knees. And I'd say I know quite a bit about the knees. Not everything, but it's probably one of my stronger yeah. areas. Just because I've destroyed them. Yeah. How are they doing on the running? Are they okay? Knees all right? Yeah, fine. The only thing I'm worried about is um, the ostia fight, the bony spur that's on the on my right knee. So that can rub, but that only I only really notice it uh, when I start to run at higher speeds. So for the five k challenge, I you know by towards the end of it, and I was doing more interval work, like I was starting to really feel it, and I could feel it. Um, around really around the halfway mark when I did the retest for the 5k I was just like oh my god my knee is burning however um, at lower speeds you know speeds lower than my I call it my perceived lactate threshold which <laughs> according to my Garmin I it depends how they calculate it I haven't double checked it but my Garmin says my lactate threshold speed is uh, 4 minute 51 uh, kilometers um, so I'm way underneath that and I've stayed underneath that for this part or this challenge and my knees have done well for it so oh, you know, i know that works for me so i'm going to stick to it maybe even that's though, even though i want to do interval training because that's i find that way more fun yeah. but i just need to be smart well yeah, that's that's a good um tip there right for people that are maybe going to be running more now lockdown mm. is oh start you, slow yeah slowly yeah, yeah, maybe. So, yeah, so I put out a post today on my page, something similar about that. Like, that we're not really designed now just to get up and go and sprint. Um, so, yeah, don't yeah, be afraid not, to walk. No, run, walk. That's how I started back at the beginning of lockdown. Yeah, the first lockdown. Yeah, yeah, because I've ran more this year than I probably have done. In the last four, <laughs> so, but I I started back then walk running. Yeah, so. uh, it's the way forward, mate. Yeah, cool, mate. Good session. Yeah, that was good. So for everyone uh, listening in, uh, this will be available on iTunes. Uh, please leave uh, a five star review if you want to, uh, and subscribe to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the the podcast as well. So that means whenever a new episode comes out, it goes straight to your phone. Um, and we'll be back probably in about two weeks with another topic. Probably going to focus on how to improve on the different aspects of the challenge. So how to get stronger, how to improve your marathon time. We're going to focus in a little bit more then. So we'll give it another two weeks. But Daryl, cheers for that. Then yeah, a lot. Cheers, that was perfect. It's good, mate. Take care. Cheers.